near post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there first. If it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first. And uh, welcome to this week's Near Post Football Show. I've got good news. We've uh, forgotten the theme song. So, uh, Nick, how'd you like to sing it in for us? Near post, get there first. And so <laughs> forth. I can hear Eamon's gears <laughs> grinding from here. Uh-huh. Sorry, Eamon, it's not my fault, I swear. So, we'll just get on with things. I'm Aaron Walker and I will be hosting tonight. And if with me is uh, Nick Cumston. How are you doing, Nick? Good day, Aaron. And Nick Amy's. How are you, Nick, as well? A pair Good of Nick's today. So. Yeah. He's NJ, just for future reference. NJ. <laughs> NJ for Nick Jr. Okay, yeah. okay. I can work with that. And uh, before we go anywhere else, over the next half hour, we will be analysing the Joeys, the Matildas, the Olly Roos, Socceroos versus Germany controversy. And wasn't that a little bit of a scandal? We'll oh, get to that later. Fantastic. I love a bit of a scandal. <laughs> And uh, you can get to us if you have any feedback, like we uh, think you're idiots for forgetting the theme song, you can get to flanagan.amen at gmail.com, or you can check the podcast or the or the blog, which is nearpost.blogspot.com. We're on iTunes, we're all over the place, and every week we have a show dedication, and this week's dedication goes out to a former Canberra favourite, former Cosmos coach Tom Samani, currently with the Matildas and doing a fine job of it. I think so, yeah. yeah. Beat England on Thursday, 2-0. Oh, we like we like beating England in anything. That's true. Absolutely anything, yes. And uh, Elise Perry's now beaten England in two sports in the one year at really? the international level. Yeah, no, yeah. we should have had that for the quiz, but we didn't. But each week we do oh, have a quiz yeah. question. I must admit, I don't know the answer to this week's quiz question. I didn't. I didn't. I don't write them. I don't write them. So, but who was the last player from the senior national team? I assume soccer is we're talking about. Yes. to score a hat trick. I don't know. Now, Ooh, that's a good question. Now, my well, see, memory, I wrote this question. Oh, you so wrote this I question? I know the answer. Now, now, my memory fails me. I can remember everything up to Asia, so I assume it's an Oceana, mm, Oceana throwback. Too. So it must be an Aloisi and Archie Thompson, p- perhaps even a David Zrilich. Am I close? Ooh, Damien Murray, are we going back that far? Murray no. certainly scored a whole no, lot no, of goals. No, no. Uh, have, have I not nailed it? Okay, last player was Tim Cahill. 2004, June, against Fiji. Uh, mm, there you go. I don't even remember that. Yeah. No. Milos Sudovsky scored a hat-trick a week before that as well. Yeah. Wow. There was that, a lot that, of braces in those last seven years, but no hat-tricks. Goes to show how memorable some of those Oceana fixtures <laughs> anyway, were. we'll get on with the uh, news. And we have the Football Federation Australia Chief Ben Buckley has denied Lucas Neal led a revolt against the tactics of former coach Pim Verbeek during last year's FIFA World Cup South Africa. We'll talk about this a little later, but uh, could you blame him for it? Oh, Big story. <laughs> Former Socceroos captain Alex Tobin has been appointed as Football New South Wales State Technical Director, commencing duties on Monday, 4th April. Always good to see the former Socceroos getting into some admin positions. Yep. Looks, seems like they're trying to have much more of a pathway for the it's former true. Socceroos. It's true. In, finally in trying to link. Mm. Adelaide United have controversially sold their best player, Marcos Ooh. Flores, to oh. Chinese Super League club Hanan Jayan. I'm apologise to our Chinese listeners, I'm sure I haven't pronounced that correctly, for $500,000, there was a year left on his contract. In a PR masterstroke, Flores has said he has mixed feelings about the move and has vowed to return to Adelaide as player or coach. Well, See we've, you later. We've seen in the last 12 months, 
Shane Smeltz, go and come back. Danny Allsop, go and come back. Is it, Fred's see, just come back. You maybe, see, this is what I call maybe the, it's not so this stupid. This is what I call the Reynaldo yeah, financing I'll model, Nick. Remember, yeah. remember when Raw had Reynaldo? Yeah. They sold him to, I think, a Korean club for $800,000. He, it didn't work out. He played crap. He came back, and he was back within the, by, by the start of the season, and they sold him for $800,000. They had him ready for the next season, and then they got him, and then they sold him again for a million dollars to some, uh, to some uh, club over Middle in East. Qatar. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Qatar. So. Goes to show how far a cool Brazilian name will take you, regardless of footballing ability. It's true. And uh, what else have we got? Melbourne heart striker David Williams has revealed that Sydney FC also made him an offer to stay, but his heart was at the heart. Oh. You know what I love about the heart? It is just so good for headlines. All the Puns. Oh, it is fantastic. Dreadful. It's a, a PR man's dream. Former I'd, Sydney FC. I'll be very man, interested so. to see actually how David Williams goes. I, th- I think it might be exactly the right club for I'm him. I'm more interested to see how Jason Hoffman goes. Yeah. Five goals in two games for the Oli Roos. Only scored two LA goals. He's, so. he is scoring mm. goals at the moment. I must admit, from what I've seen in the A League, I thought he was a bit of a muppet, but he's proven me wrong. Former Sydney FC young gun Oli Roo, Kofi Danning has signed a two-year deal with the Brisbane Raw. What do we think of that, guys? It's Kofi a superb signing. Hit, hit the A League with a big splash and hasn't really done much since. Well, he's been injured for, yep. I think, a fair part of it. But I think uh, 23 games, two goals. Mm. I think that's right. right. Yeah, and another good match of uh, player and club, I think, Brisbane. Can't Perfectly fills the void left by Solizano as well. Oh, you mm. think? I think they're very, very different players. I yeah. think Kofi Dunning's a I'm wide, wide winger. Solizano, what they're looking for is a poaching striker. Yeah, but someone of the smelts. Moving Barbarossa's infield and then taking mm. Danny out in the wing. Okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, Celtic boss Neil Lennon has expressed an interest in Mustafa Armani just to tangle a long-running process. Bristol City have announced that they've beaten off rival interest to sign out-of-contract Socceroos midfielder Neil Kilkenny on a three-year deal. So a bit of Socceroos movement there. Mm. Yeah, what are we... Bristol um, City. Bristol City? Uh, uh, Most were interested as well. I thought they would have had a better chance of going up. You would uh, think so, yeah. But uh, it's not all about that. It's about where you think you're going to get game time, where you think your game's going to be most matched to, so... Mm. Well, given that he's left Leeds, you know, who you'd think was a club in the way up in the first place, mm. yeah, maybe it's just all about the money. Not sure Quite about possibly, it. but mm. did Bristol City really have that much money? Mm. They might have offered a bit more. Um, do you think the Mustafa Amini thing's genuine or a bit of publicity with the local well, tour? My, my thing is... Uh, Celtic have a pretty close relationship with Peter Turnbull, who owns mm. the Mariners. And we know he's in uh, talks with Borussia Dortmund. I think Peter Turnbull might have just worded Celtic up and say, just say that you're interested so that we can push our price up a little and maybe mm. the deal will go through a bit That quicker. is very Stir possible. the pot. Mm. Yeah. I've heard they've, they're looking for 20,000 plus for the Celtic game in Sydney? Yeah, in an 80,000-seater stadium. So it's still not going to be the best atmosphere. But Is that out at ANZ rather than yeah. SF? It is. And uh, finally, guys, we have Travis Dodd has scored a stunning goal on debut for Perth Glory in their 3-1 win over Football West First Division Club Bunbury Force in a pre-season match on Saturday. Travis Dodd's still getting the job done. Take from that what you will versus powerhouse Bunbury Force. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> the only talking point there, the opposition. It's, I, I suppose it's a good effort anyway to start it off but yeah, I think yeah. some of these state league clubs can be a little underestimated I think that mm. they're not too bad some of them but uh okay we'll get on to today's discussions and we might kick things off with the Joeys over in the under 17s World Cup and through to the knockout rounds against Uzbekistan with a uh with a safe draw or a lucky draw last night according to uh Nick Amis tell us about it Nick you saw the game okay well to be quite honest I thought they played horribly they should have lost 
by at least two goals. They only needed to win, lose by two goals or less to go through because of the third place, best, the ranking of best place, third place teams and groups or something complicated like that. I anyway. like to call it the whatever, Nick. Yeah. That, they would have gone through due to the whatever. Yeah. So they played a 4-5-1 just, you know, after being dominated in the early stages of their abandoned match yesterday. And I can't say they impressed any further. They started off well, but Denmark were just miles ahead of them in terms of actual movement on the ball, execution of passing, and they attacked the wingbacks very well. Time after time, those balls were just played through behind the defenders and those crosses in low from the byline, they were just, you know, we didn't really have a response to it, we can't honest. That's where the goal came from, and that's where the problems were for the whole game. Mm. Um, it was interesting to see that... Um, that Macaronis was dropped, obviously, in place of he's, playing Tom He's been scoring point. goals. Yeah, yeah no, he has been. It's a defensive move, clearly. Keep in mind, the Joes were down 10 men after about 35 minutes. Yes. I saw the red card. Oh, it was a bit, of, bit iffy. Mm. Uh, I suppose, that's, that's technically, it, he, had his t- he had both feet off the ground. and was pu- He did pull out of the challenge, but two feet in the, up in the air, you have to give that a ride anyway, I think. Mm. I know. I know. In the context of the game, maybe it probably shouldn't have been because it wasn't. It wasn't a game played in bad spirit or anything. But yeah, I th- I still think it was a fair enough red card. But uh, I'm not worried about what happened after red card. He should have started in a much more attacking mindset. When you can afford to lose by two goals, you shouldn't say, "Oh, we'll d- only try to lose by two goals." We we should say, "Okay, we'll attack." But if we do start to concede goals, we'll pull back. I think that's where I was mm. a bit disappointed by Fessalian's tactics there. It's interesting, oh, Dylan Tombides didn't score this time, but he, set up He the was chance. a cut above the rest. Yeah. He was so much better on the ball. Looked actually, you know, to know what, what, what options should be taken when and that sort of thing. Like, when he did produce that, that really clear-cut chance for us, that was the first time we'd really played the ball into the box rather than just taking a shot from long range and that sort of thing, or just poking a ball in and hoping for the best. Forgive my ignorance, is that West Ham, is that correct? Or am mm-hmm. I yeah. the wrong person? Yes. West Ham Academy West Player Ham of the Academy Year. Yeah. Yeah. Since, uh, since age of 14, I believe. On the bench yeah. in the last game for the seniors team. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the guy. I've yep. got, I've got yep. it right. That's the one. And uh, so, anyone know anything against Uzbekistan? What can we expect in the uh, in the next round, which I understand is being played tomorrow night? Mm. Yes, well, we beat them. No, no, they beat us in the AFC Under-16s last year, and they were beaten 4-1 by New Zealand earlier in the tournament. So, they're a bit of a... I think, that obviously, it looks like they're a bit of a hot and cold team at the moment. Um, they made it through to the tournament and to the next round, so they can't be too bad, but... Possibly, uh. possibly Uruguay after that if we get through. You know, our traditional rivals. Uruguay. I yeah, love yeah. a game against Uruguay. We can yeah. boo their national anthem for old times' sakes. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the Women's World Cup, an event which doesn't get that much publicity, I must admit. I hardly knew it was on. Of this, late, it's... Yeah, yeah this, this one, I think, is a bit better than the ones I, I remember before. Really? Okay. Off, a, off a low base, I'll concede. But. And, and so in the opening game, Germany uh, won 2-1 over Canada. France have managed to get past Nigeria 1-0, and uh, Mexico have held England to a 1-1 draw. Japan also 2-1 over New Zealand. Those are the opening games so far. Matildas play... Oh, I don't even know. Does anyone Brazil. know? Brazil. They play Brazil? Yeah. Seems like we play the same countries, you know, regardless of... What seniors. tournament is, yes. It's a bit <laughs> odd. 
And so yeah. our form coming into the World Cup seems to be quite good. Pretty Realistically, good. Yeah. our Asian champions, how far can the Matildas go? Oh. Quarterfinals is definitely Quarterfinals, yeah. We're ranked 11th in the world, I think. So, uh, Who are the powerhouse teams over in the women's? I know the Scandinavian countries are up there. North USA. Korea, I believe, are uh, quite quite competitive mm. as well. China, China are a traditional, traditional power. And then Brazil. Uh, I mean, mm. they haven't won the what, Women's World Cup, but with the world's best player in your team, you can't really discount mm. them. Marta, five years in a row, I believe, she's won the Women's World Player of the Year. Wow. Fairly solid achievement at, I think, only 24, 23. I, I like that England are probably, you know, a bit overhyped, a bit overrated, probably likely yeah. to def, uh, disappoint it's again. It's always the same case for England, no matter what, divi- what tournament yeah, is, good what, times. Te- what team it is. Like in uh, under the UEFA Under-21s, just last week, they got beaten by Czech Republic or something and knocked out in the group stage. Anyways, yep. not Australian football. Just... No, but, uh, you know, as Australians, I think we can legitimately take, well, I don't know. Take pleasure in our mother countries. Yeah, the Schadenfreuden. <laughs> so I'd like to take a step back and talk about the Flores sale for just a second. Yeah. Got, he had a year left on his contract. They've sold him for $500,000 to a Chinese club. Adelaide fans are absolutely seething. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do, do, you think cool. this is a, do you think this is a fair price? Oh, it's not a fair price for the club. Oh, I suppose with only one year left on his contract, you can't really ask for too much. He had put the for sale sign up. And then, yeah, I think they were really just forced into it with the offer that he was given. It's two and a half times the offer that Adelaide could have paid him or something like that. It reported $800,000 mm. as opposed to the three twenty that Adelaide could give him. So I think their hands were really tight on that one. You left on his contract, you don't have to let him go. Yeah, but... I think when a player wants to go, you can't really keep him. It just mm. poisons the club. Adelaide, Adelaide have got new ownership. You know, they're talking about turning it around financially. I can understand, you know, as popular as Flores was, and I think they have taken a chance here. They've got, they've lost Travis Dodd, they've lost Flores now. And Lecky as well. Le- Matthew Lecky as well. So when so. the current owners bought Adelaide United, they also own an Adelaide... At North Adelaide AFL Club, which is a pretty big league over there. Mm. The, current, the, the uh, club they own, North Adelaide, are currently sitting at the bottom of the ladder in desperate need of cash injection. All of a sudden, $500,000 are in the coffers. How much of that money do you think will not end up in the football Gee, club at all? Not. I don't think it's very big... legal, to be quite honest. But... Well, well, the first thing they did when they bought Adelaide United is they got rid of most of the administration staff and combined them with North Adelaide. So they now have the one set of administration staff Ooh. running both clubs. That is an interesting one. Yeah, I really hope not because I I really like the AFL, but I couldn't give a rat's about the North Adelaide and the SANFL. You know, the Adelaide have the potential to be one of the the top teams. Uh, they've recruited Bruce Jute to give them a bit more strike force up front yes. next to Van Dyke. Still and then got Galicovic. With no A-League, uh, not A-League, uh, rugby league to compete with, you would really think that. Adelaide should be one of the mm. more heartlands of the A League at the moment. They get good, good they, supporter, they get fantastic crowds. Yeah. So you good don't really want to see that change or anything. But yeah. And uh, staying in A League ins and outs, Eddie Maguire has come out today and said that Kuehl is a wrapped up deal for the yeah, Melbourne Yeah, they were and, saying that they were going to present him at their Celtic, at the Celtic match. At yeah. the Celtic match. What's in that, guys? Oh. Joy. Joy. Until, <laughs> until he's actually wearing the jersey, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I was so inspired last time that I sang, which unfortunately I had to do again at the start of the show, but that's 
that's just fantastic news. I don't know. I, d- I really don't know what to make about Eddie Maguire being the one to break it. I've got a theory behind that, but go on. Oh, I think he's a relentless media tart, and it wouldn't be above him to you know try and pull the chain a little bit just to to stir up football because he knows they're a rival to uh, his beloved AFL. But See, now, Eddie Maguire is very well connected in sporting circles in Melbourne, and he knows true. how to manipulate the media. That's the true. last thing he's going to do, he's a staunch AFL man, I like mm-hmm. AFL and good on him, he's yep. a staunch AFL man, and the last thing he's going to do is give football some free publicity or a free kick in relation to something like this, in relation to speculation. My theory is that He's heard that it has happened, and it's legit. Mm. It's legit. It will happen. So he wants to take away the spotlight from the actual... By leaking the story ahead of time, once it becomes an open secret or Australia's worst-kept secret... Oh, we already knew that happening. That's right. On on the day you announce it, it's kind of like, you know, Cure Room's confirmed. It's on the third page. It's not, oh, my God, here's Australia's football golden boy back in front page of every every sports sports show in Australia. If you want to play this, you know, the dark arts of media manipulation... The, the victory could use this for their own purposes and sort of try and string the story out a bit more. But by the time you make the announcement, the buzz and the impact is gone. Oh. Yeah. The buzz and the impact is gone. I, don't I, know felt, about I that. felt almost the same way about the Royal Wedding, be quite honest, after constantly I talking about it for a your, million weeks. Your first few shows have been so promising. They, you know, <laughs> clearly love I'm, your football and just credibility just shoot. plummeted. <laughs> plummeted. Probably doesn't help that I'm sitting in an Arsenal jersey either. No, no, I'm oh. I'm okay. With, I'm on board with the Arsenal jersey. That's fine. Although A League jersey would have been better can, for this show. Just, I'm just royal wedding. I'm just royal to wedding. Find something for the general public to relate to. The the general public <laughs> tuned out 19 minutes ago. Well, 20 seconds ago when I mentioned the wedding. Other one. Okay, guys. <laughs> briefly, I might get on to ticket prices in the A League, and the Newcastle Jets have come out today and offered a magnificent oh, deal for members: one hundred and fifteen dollars for adult memberships, ninety dollars concessions, sixty dollars for juniors, and two hundred and forty dollars a year for families. How many? Three. Those are magnificent prices. What's the number of home games? The new thirteen. Thirteen. Or is, yep. Because isn't it? So it's is it twenty six games or twenty seven? I believe. I think isn't it's. It? I don't know. Because it's ten team comp, three, three games in against each. So three, nine, seven, twenty-seven. Yeah. Mm. So thirteen home games, but one hundred and fifteen dollars for a I think there's two regional oh, yeah, games. Oh yeah, yeah. So doesn't like, Newcastle count as pretty much regional? I I don't know. I, I, I know that regional as I know Sydney. A region I know other. Sydney and Melbourne are playing regional ga- games, but yeah, I, really sure I, I thought the all that because. I think Central Coast might be coming back to Canberra, but mm. so that let's just call it eleven games. No, it's thirteen. No, it's, it's definitely, definitely thirteen. 13. Mm, and no, so it's about almost. it's about eight nine dollars per game. And it, I'll give you some comparisons. That's pretty good. Melbourne yeah. Victory traditional powerhouse have offered memberships for a hundred and ninety five this year, and Brisbane Raw defending champions are two hundred and twenty five dollars. Wow. So some fantastic value there at the Jets. They're there is ten thousand yeah. memberships. Is that realistic? Or if they can pull it, it off, it's possible, but. I've heard the Brisbane Raw have one of the worst stadium deals in the Oh, yes. In the yeah, league. I've definitely heard about that one. And mm. I can't imagine that um, Etihad would be much better. Mm. I think Etihad's okay. I don't think Amy oh, Park yeah, is yeah. very good. I meant to say Amy Etihad Park. is oh, a magnificent deal, mm. and that's why the victory didn't move to the new stadium, because yep. the deal was so good they felt that they just mm. couldn't... They, they Having lose known one of the people who stitched it up, I'm very glad... But then again, it. I suppose that Melbourne have consistent support anyway. Yeah, I think Hindmarsh is quite good. Not sure about Perth, but eh, Perth Roy is in some degree of chaos. Can we... Yep. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, it's been... I'm very keen to get on to 
to talk about um, the the Pim Pim versus Lucas Neal uh, story. And the Les Murray allegations. Oh. From his yes, go ahead. So for list, listeners that may not have uh, caught up with this issue, Les Murray wrote a book and in there contained allegations that before the Germany game in the World Cup, the opening game where we lost 4-0 and really cost us a place in the second round, the theory is that after Pimperbeek explained the tactics, Lucas Neal asked him to leave the room and then said to all the players... I'm sorry, guys, don't listen to any of this rubbish. We're just going to go out and play the way we normally do. So if, it, essentially bypassing the coach and not using what, the game plan that he had set out for them. Guys? <laughs> it's come from Les Murray, which, which to me is a starting point of almost impeccable credibility. He wouldn't be make, he, He's not going to make it up. Obviously, he has some sources that he not. thinks are very reliable on the issue. Mm. But Lucas Neal has come out and denied it. He said he didn't even give a team speech that night. Uh, Luke, uh, Mark Schwartz gave the team speech. And he is he's even looking at legal action. So Luke, Lucas Neal's come out and vehemently denied these allegations. Yeah, I'd, look, I read some of his denials. I, w- I wasn't certain about the the vehemence. Some of some of his denials struck me as being a little bit indirect, where you deny a different question to the one that's been asked. Oh, yes. I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Oh, I'm I'm really not sure where to go on this. Like, I trust Les Murray as mm. as a. FIFA Ethics Committee member. Yeah. Yeah, but in spite of that, I trust Les Murray. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... He's no Placido Domingo. I, ca- I can't imagine that Lucas Neal would would be so against, you know, against these allegations either. But then again, Ben Buckley came out and also denied that Lucas Neal had no involvement in it. So maybe it's just a bit of a cover-up. I don't know. But it's so, it's so weird so that the captain wouldn't give that is, a team Especially a team first match of a World Cup. Yeah. Something I want to throw out on the table. Uh, the allegations go that he said, forget all this rubbish, we're going to go out and play the way we normally play. Well, what do you mean by normally play? Because to my memory, they played the exact same formation, the exact same way for every single game for the two, three years in the lead-up to that game. I think it was the, the, the personnel rather than the formation because they did. They played some sensibly defensive football on the road in qualifying and got them through very nicely. But, you know, the... the the thing that made my head explode was Richard Garcia, Garcia up front. front yeah. That you had, uh, and then Jason Colina playing left midfield after playing holding midfield for. Yeah, Bresciano was on the bench. Kennedy was on the bench. Like there was no. Where where were the goals going to come from? Now I was at that Germany game in South Africa, and something that immediately that's struck it. me that's that's just showing off. Eh? Is the we, we've <laughs> used the exact same dead ball information that Pim used all the way up, grinding it out, professional draws, defensive mm. football, and in all of a sudden in the first game of the World Cup, our formation had changed. Every single game leading up to that, friendlies, qualifiers, absolutely everything, we'd use the exact same formation, the exact same tactics. Game game day on the World Cup, game one against Germany, the one time you might think these tactics are. Mm. Uh, relevant, they're out the window. It struck me as very strange at the time. The the personnel as well. It seemed we seemed disjointed, like we didn't have a plan. Which you know, the amount of time, effort, and money that was spent on that preparation, it just seemed odd. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It's there's too much in the grey to make a definitive judgment, I think. So we've had Les versus Lucas. We've had mm. uh, Harry Kuehl versus Robbie Slater. Media versus the Socceroos is a Le- really Les, a hot issue, isn't Les it? Les Fink uh, versus... Jesse Fink. Oh, Jesse Fink, sorry. Starting versus anybody who... Craig Foster versus who the whole world. we can see in the phone book, yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay, and uh, so 
guys, is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we uh, wrap it up and get up to Pete Funnel's Pete Funnel's excellent look? Look, I think the the Ollie Ruse performance deserves a comment. Okay. It, look, they've they've got through comprehensively, but uh, there should I'm, have been more. I don't know. I'm I'm just I just think that maybe it's good that we can get results with all Australian-based players except for, I think, one or two. But I'm not sure about the quality who, of the opposition. Who are the superstars in the Ollie Roos squad, Nick? Well, the under-23 under, under squad, frankly, doesn't do it for me a great deal compared to the under-20s. Under like, if I was, uh, was going to pick... Admit, I quite agree. If I was going to pick a, our best under-23 team, I'd be dipping much more heavily into those under-20s where you've got the likes of Leckie, Amini... Uh, they've, they've got some good keepers, though, shouldn't we? Although we never we never struggle for keepers. Australia's always been very good at producing goalkeepers. Yeah, and the, you know that's going down as far as the under seventeens now. But yeah, I've got to say, Hoff, I, I'm a Melbourne Heart fan, and Hoffman actually didn't even wasn't even the best young striker at yeah, the club. Some of the comments that I heard about the game itself was that Hoffman didn't really do much besides, you know. Put, put away those jump goals. Up, jump up and yeah. head in. <laughs> I, I must admit, I, I alluded to it earlier in the show. Every time I've seen Hoffman play, he's struck me as a chook without a head. He's got not a lot of direction, mm. a whole lot of effort. So, Yeah, I, I liked... Um, I'm going to mis- mispronounce his name, but... Uh, El Bajaj? El Bajaj, yeah, for, uh, for, Mel- for Melbourne Heart. Uh, oh, Melbourne Heart, sorry. Yeah, young... Ex-Melbourne Victory? Is that correct? I think, yeah, I think, I think so. I think, yeah, yeah, he, he struck me as the, the better young prospect and... Um, I think Marcus uh, Rojas. Rojas is Rojas. a magnificent player for New Zealand. I wish he was Australian. Yeah, he, every time he touches I'd, the ball, I'd prefer him to both. But Barbarossa <laughs> is excellent as well. I think they've really, really got is, a great, definitely. a great uh, generation of Kiwi talent coming over there. But uh, just playing, before, playing in Australia, playing in Australia. Oh, that's, that's what we're probably doing more There's for no, a professional friend. league in New Zealand. Mm. Mm. So, guys, I might push you for a prediction for the for the uh, Joey's versus Uzbekistan game, knockout World Cup. I'm going to say 1-0 to the Joeys. Mm. Yep, me too. 1-0 I think the, the you know, there are people that I think have rightly been a bit critical of their performance, but they've got quality up front, and that carries you a long way, that in a tight match you can convert those 50-50 chances. It helps when you've got a good goalkeeper between the sticks as well. Yeah, well, it's been the, been the key for the good Australian teams for a long time. So with that, guys, we might bid you farewell. We hope you've enjoyed the show. That's it from Australian Football for this week on the Near Post. But stick around because up next we uh, we have an excellent Pete Funnel with his local stuff so you can keep up with what's happening with Woden Valley, Deakin, uh, or Canberra FC these days. Sorry, my apologies. It's Canberra City and all, all the local news. So until then, when you're going to the Near Post. Near Post, get there first. The Near Post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The Near Post, get there first If it's for football news that you thirst The Near Post, get there, get there first Near Post, get there first The Near Post, get there first Don't get there second, don't get there third The Near Post, get there first If it's for football news that you thirst The Near Post, get there, get there first Post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second. Near post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second. Don't get there third. 
the near post Get there first if it's for football news that you thirst The near post, get there, get there first The near post, get there, get there first